Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. Growing up, I was a, a huge fan of the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Okay, for anyone that's uh, under 40 and you would say LeBron James, wrong. Okay, that, that's just wrong. Now, I, to his credit, he's a great basketball player. All right, I give him that. He is a physical specimen. He is undeniable as a basketball player, great, but he's not the greatest of all time, okay? The GOAT debate is easy as Michael Jordan. And so growing up, I was a fan of his, and I got introduced to him, and I've told some of you this before, but it was actually due to a former Oklahoma basketball player named Stacy King. So Stacy King played at OU, and then he was drafted by the Bulls. And so I kind of was kept up with the NBA a little bit at that time, but it wasn't until Stacey King went there, it was like I became a real NBA fan. And of course, when he went to the Chicago Bulls, and back in the day, which I think you can still find this channel, but I don't think they do the games. I don't know how it works anymore because life is just different. But Cox had WGN, okay, on the cable box back in the day. WGN was the Chicago station, and we would get the Chicago station. And in the morning, I'd watch Bozo the Clown, and then at night, I'd watch the Bulls basketball with another clown, Dennis Rodman. But that was later, okay? And Dennis, if you're watching, I'm sorry, just a joke. All right, but so Bozo was in the morning. He was the WGN thing. Do y'all remember Bozo the Clown? You'd throw the little, oh, I wanted to do that basket toss or the bucket toss so bad. Anyone, anyone, anyone? Chad, yes, thank you. I needed someone. I got some amens in the room, okay? And so I would practice that. I would set it up at my house like I would one day get to. So basically, it's a weird clown, and you would throw these ping pong balls or something into these buckets. The further you get, the more prizes you got. Side note, Bozo the Clown. But at night... The Bulls were on, and I'd watch Stacey King and then got introduced to this Jordan guy. I was like, man, he is good. This guy can play some basketball. So I became a huge fan of his and followed the Bulls, quote-unquote, religiously for a large portion of my childhood, teenage years, uh, even into to college. And uh, I became so fanatical that I decided to take the next level of my fandom, okay? I think there's a term right now. Macy, is there like fanboys, fangirls, you know, like you're really a fan of someone. Is that correct? Is that a... You do know, and it's a yes. (laughs) Some would say I was a fanboy of Michael Jordan, but I had to kind of prove it, so I had to take my commitment level to the next level, And, and that was to become a member of the Air Jordan Flight Club. I don't know if you know this, but it's a true thing. Uh, in fact, Kim and I, are, we sold our house at the end of last month, and we were cleaning it out, and I found my old official Air Jordan Flight Club membership card, okay? That is not made up. That is true. Now, don't steal my numbers, okay? Do, do no one take a picture of that, because those are my numbers. I, no identity theft allowed, but I was now I didn't sign it. I don't think I had worked on my autograph enough yet at that point, but I was an official member of the Air Jordan Flight Club. Now, how did I become a member of this prestigious club? I don't know. Okay, I, it was around 1990 or 1991, and I'm sure my mom, who, who's the generous one out of the bunch, my dad is online watching, but I'm sure she sent some money to Mr. Jordan, who then sent me some stuff, including that card. Uh, I got a poster, a letter from Michael Jordan. I mean, how amazing is that? I didn't keep that. Uh, but, uh, of course, the card, letter, and poster, and and maybe a t-shirt, and maybe some other things. And I had now entered into a membership level with Air Jordan Flight Club. 
Now, what all did that do for me? I, I don't remember. I don't know if there was perks besides the original box of stuff. I, I don't know if I got discounts at the store. I, honestly, I, don't, I, I could still be a member. I don't even know. I don't know if I, I mean, I got the card. Does that mean I'm still a member? I really, I don't know. And some of you maybe can remember that season and like, you know all the details. I don't. I thought it was cool and I thought it was important, but obviously it didn't make a huge impact upon my life as far as the membership of the Air Jordan Flight Club. I, I carried that thing around in my wallet though and, and, and for a season and I thought that was super cool, but in the end, it didn't really change my life. I, I don't even know what that membership brought me. I don't know what it did for them. I don't know what it did for me. I just don't know what a big deal it was. I can pretend it was a big deal, but I don't really know what it did. I want to talk to you about a membership that really does matter, and that's church membership. This is a membership that really can impact your life. Now, for some people, they think of church membership, think, well, that would be kind of this boring topic, and I have no idea why you'd want to talk about it. Now, when you become a member of Everyday Church, it's not like you get a card. It's not like you get... Um, a poster or cool shoes. Maybe, Jonathan, let's work on that. Okay, let's start thinking about things to do with that. But I think it's a great question that you should ask. Why would you even want to be a church member? I think that's a fair question that we should ask today, is why would you even want to be a church member? Because some people do. They think, man, that, that, that is, there's no commitment there, really. There's no perks to it, sort of like the Air Jordan Flight Club. I, I just don't understand church membership or even what it means. But it's really a fascinating subject. I began to be interested in church membership when I started working on a church staff. I was an intern in the mid-'90s for a church, and I remember them talking about uh, how many people they had on roll of their church membership. Role was this term meaning a, a collection of names and of people that were considered church members. And they would say, we've got thousands of people that are members of this church. They are on the church role. And I kept thinking, where is this bread? That sounds really good. I mean, that could be some good roles. I want some of that. If every member gets a role, I want a role. I, I will be a member of your church. But that's not what they're talking about. And so they said, yeah, we have this many people enrolled. But then I started looking at how many people were showing up and were involved. I was like, well, well that number is way off. Okay, the people in the role sure are out eating rolls and haven't made it to what the church is doing. You know, in my mind is kind of what I'm thinking. And so they would say, hey, we're going to have this special night where we all come up here, all the staff, and we're going to call the role. We're going to call all the members on the role, and we're going to ask them to come back. Okay, so, okay, we, we realize there's a disconnect. There's a bunch of people in the role, and a bunch of people aren't participating, and so let's call them to get them to participate again. And so me, 20-year-old, call, pick up the phone. Back in, back in the day, they had landlines. Do you know that? There were these cords that would come out of a, 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 head, a handset you would hold, and you'd have to push these numbers. And so I would call people. I'd look at the role, and I'd call them and say, hey, Billy, what's up? We know you're a member of... Uh, of this church, would, would, would you come back and worship with us this Sunday? Uh, we're actually a part of another church. Their terminology, we go to another church now. Oh, so we should take you off the roll? Yeah, take us off the roll. Okay, got you. Call up. Hey, is Miss Jane there? Miss Jane died. Uh, so she won't be here Sunday? Probably not. You can take her off the roll. Okay. Noted. And so we'd kind of clear the role, right? We'd find out who died and, and uh, no one knew. And, and we would find out who's attending the church up the street and, and doing those types of things. And we would try and kind of figure out who's really with us. Now, of course, I've had conversations with people in our community. 
Say, hey, we'd love for you to come. Be a part of what Everyday Church is doing. If you don't have a church home, we'd love to be your church home. We'd love for you to be a member of Everyday Church. And people will say, nah, I'm, I'm not interested because the church is corrupt. The, 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 the church has got hypocrisy. And these are conversations that I hear about even those that would claim Christ that aren't a part of a church. One of the most common ones I hear is, uh, I had a bad experience with the church, and it was political, and, and, uh, and so I haven't been a part of a church for a long time. I won't ever be a member of a church again. And so you have people on different sides of the spectrum, because I've also had conversations with people who say, oh, I'd be interested, but I also am a member of such and such church around the corner and such and such church that meets in Moore. And, and I'm actually even members of the, the church in Norman. And, uh, but yeah, man, I'll come check you out too. And then you start observing people that will go from one church to the next and to the next to the next. And next year it's another church, next year it's another church. And you find out that maybe the church membership subject is tainted or at minimum is being confused. And so today I really want you to listen to me. This is a very important issue. And I, I, I want us to, to find some clarity to what church membership is really about. Now I wish the Bible spoke more plainly to it. Uh, there's not a book in the Bible that just says, this is what a church member looks like. And this is what church membership's about. There's not just a whole letter or a whole book of the Bible dedicated to that subject. But there are glimpses that we can uh, look into and, and get this idea to help us understand why it's important and, and why it's a thing. Okay, And so I want to start with a couple of verses here in Hebrews. Um, I'm going to be our, if you want to turn to Hebrews real quick, Hebrews chapter 13, I'll be there. But I'm going to really kind of, fly around here to different parts of the Bible, trying to give us an overview of church membership and why it's important. But I'll start here, have a verse or two here or there, another passage here and there. If you want to just make sure you take good notes and write them down, great. Uh, if you want to try and turn there as well, you can. But of course, we'll have them on the screens. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says this, remember your leaders, talking about spiritual leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, your spiritual leaders, they've taught you the word of the Lord. They've taught you the Bible. They've taught you the scripture. They've taught you the word of God. Think uh, uh, all the good that's come from their lives. Follow them. Follow their example. Follow the lead of these spiritual leaders. Then verse 17, obey your spiritual leaders. Okay, so uh, verse 7 to 17. 17 says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work, is to watch over your souls, whew, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now, there's a couple things that stick out to me in these two verses, specifically the last verse. Okay, First, I would say this. If you think, believe that church membership doesn't matter, or you would even go as far as to say, that's not really biblical, then... Which leaders should a Christ follower obey and submit to? That's what verse 17 said. You are to submit and obey your spiritual leader. So if, if a believer is to do that, which one, which leader or which leader should a Christ follower obey and submit to? Because very clearly the Bible says you've got spiritual leaders, you should submit to them. You should obey what they say. Now it's not just here in Hebrew. 13.7, uh, 1 Timothy 5.17 says, elders 
talking about spiritual leaders, pastors, who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Now, this tells us a couple things. One, ministry is a vocation, it's a job. Okay, it is to, uh, the, the minister is to be paid for his work. And, and according to this verse, those who preach and teach should be paid well. I remember a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, uh, a guy, having a conversation with a guy that had this belief that there should be this uh, monetary cap on a pastor's salary, no matter who they are, no matter their education, no matter what they've done. And I think it was something like 30000 something uh, very small for uh, the work that is entailed. And uh, there's nowhere in Scripture, of course, where this could be found, but this was just this idea that he came up with, said no. But if you look at the Scripture, uh, it says, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching, there's this idea of a vocation, of being paid, paid well for it. And I, I don't think that means, I, I just think it means a church is to take care of their pastor, their staff. I think that's a big part of it. I have had a lot of time in ministry and in and getting a master's of divinity and the time spent in education, all those things. You get it. You understand that church, and I know you do. But not only is that a part of 1 Timothy 5.17, it also says respected. Okay, and so if, a, if they're the minister, the pastor, the leader is a person who is to be respected in what we saw in Hebrews 13, 17, submitted to or obeyed. So if church membership isn't important, then, then who is that leader? Who's to be respected? Who's to be submitted to? So it's fair to ask, okay, is the Bible teaching any believer, someone that would claim Christ, a follower of Jesus, to submit to anyone that claims to be a pastor or an elder? So you, if you are a, a Christian here today, online or here, does this mean that you should submit to the pastors of Westboro Baptist Church in Kansas? Okay, now do you know this church, by the way? Now, some of you don't recognize this name, but you would recognize the actions of this church. They are known for their protesting and picketing, specifically one of the ways they picket and demonstrate their uh, pronouncement of God's judgment is to picket the funerals of uh, our armed service men and women. And so they go to these funerals because they believe it's, I, we don't have to get into their ideology. It's just wrong. But they'll pick it and they'll hold up very profane signs and, and they will shout and, and they demonstrate quite a bit of ugliness in these very somber situations. Now, this is a pastor. Now listen, it, it's so hard to even bring them up because they misrepresent the kingdom so poorly. But you see the illustration. Now, does that mean you as a believer, you're supposed to submit to them and obey? The, the scriptures say you've got spiritual leaders that you should submit yourself and obey. Of course, it, that does not mean that you should submit to Westboro Baptist Church in Kansas. What the New Testament speaks to and implies is that you should be a part of a church where you place yourself under spiritual authority. You should be a part of a church where you place yourself under spiritual authority. Not every church, but one local church. A Christ follower should submit themselves or place themselves under the authority of a spiritual leader. That's why church membership is important. Because it's not every pastor, shepherd, elder. They're not your authority. Now, we'll talk about this authority and what that looks like. But the second question I have when I read Hebrews 13, 17, and this one's more personal for me, 
but I think it points to church membership, is this. Who will I as a pastor give an account for? I gotta give an account for how I lead and how I use the authority God has given me. I do. Okay? If you go back to Hebrews 13, 17, you remember what it said? It said, their work, talking about the spiritual leader, is to watch over your souls. <laughs> Some of you don't understand the burden of that, right? See, I say that, and you're like, man, there's a burden to watching over a soul. You want to talk about medical professions and, and the burden of like, wow, life is in their hands as there is a surgery performed. And that's why, by the way, a lot of doctors get paid well because of their education and because of the work that they're doing. I'm watching over your soul. That's not to diminish anyone, but we're talking about eternity, y'all. Can I get an amen? <laughs> that's a big deal. And so the, the scriptures are clear that an elder or pastors or body of pastors is to care for a specific group of people. A specific group. And we as a leadership of everyday church, we'll give an account to God for what we've done. Peter speaks to this sentiment, 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, and now a word to you who are elders in the churches, these leaders, these pastors. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. This is 1 Peter 5 verse 1. I'm at the second part. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder... I appeal to you. This is what I'm saying as a pastor, shepherd, elder. This is what I appeal to you. Verse 2, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. And so the Bible here doesn't say as a pastor that I'm going to be held accountable for all Christians in the OKC Metro. That's a daunting task. If, if as, a, as a shepherd, as a pastor, as a, a teacher, as an elder, if I was to be accountable for every Christian, even just in the OKC Metro area, no thanks. That is a huge task. In fact, if you think about it, there's some churches in this area that I strongly disagree with whether that's theologically or, or philosophically, there are differences that we have and we're not on the same page. And it doesn't mean I hate them. It just means we, we see things different. We have a different perspective. So would I give account to the, the, the teachings of their gatherings? Would I give an account for their small groups? Would I give an account for how they use their money concerning international missions? No, that's not my flock, Right? There's a flock that rocks out there. I don't know if you know that, but that's not my flock. My flock rocks. I don't know. <laughs> this is something more witty to say, but I don't have it. But there's a flock that rocks, and we're a different flock. That's not my flock. Peter says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. So that means if God would give me a flock to shepherd then there's a specific group of people that I'm the pastor of. That would be my members, the members of everyday church. That's why church membership is important. Not everyone out there, not every believer is a part of the flock that God has entrusted to me. It's not. But there are people that come under the authority, my authority in everyday 
church. Now, I get it. For some people, that's hard. It's hard to understand authority. I fought authority for a long time in my life. As a little man, you get little man's disease, and you don't like authority. And there I go. And so, it, it seems dangerous. I just noticed your microphone would be placed where I would be, and I thought that was good. Okay. And it seems dangerous to be a part or under authority because we've seen the abuse of it. And there have been people hurt. And there is no perfect church. And there's really no perfect leadership out there outside of Christ. And so I get it. Jesus was very hard on the religious leaders of his day. For their lack of understanding God. Their false teaching. And so I do want you to know that Jesus doesn't require you to submit to evil authority. He doesn't require you to submit to false teaching. And really a part of your job as a member of a church is to take the message and examine it closely to the word of God. In Acts 17, 11, it says the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message, which is great. A member of a church should listen eagerly to the message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. There was a vetting process. Are these people really speaking the truth? Is this really the word of God? As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. So these Berean men and women, they listened to the message, to the word, to, and they went to the word to see if it was true. And when they went to the word and said, yeah, this is true. This is all scripture. This is God breathed. Then they believed and lives were changed. See, Jesus doesn't call me as a spiritual leader or any spiritual leader to lord over this authority that has been given to us. We are not called to, to uh, be cruel with any authority. In fact, Jesus shows us a different style of leadership in Matthew chapter 20, but Jesus called them together as disciples. He said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people. They're flaunting. Okay, and this is what it says. Sorry, getting ahead. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Verse 26, but among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus showed us the perfect form of leadership, even to the point of taking the form of a servant and washing his disciples' feet before they betrayed him, specifically Judas, and before they deserted him, all of them, as he was led away to the cross. And Jesus shows us, listen, as a spiritual leader, there's a time to get on your knees, your feet, and serve your flock as you watch over them, the members of everyday church. That's why church membership is important. But now, there is a time when that authority needs to be exercised, and which also highlights why church membership is so important. Because as you serve, and as you tend to, and as you watch over your flock, there are times that you have to kick out the wolf. There are times that you have to exercise authority against evil or things that are harmful. Occasionally, there is a need for church discipline. 
And that's why church membership is also important. There's, this is seen in different places, okay? And, and some people have a really hard time with this, but the clearest one is in 1 Corinthians 5. I would love for you to turn there, I'll just, or I'll read it. It'll be on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says this. I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. People that don't believe, these unbelievers. You are doing some things that unbelievers even think like, well, that's, that's sketchy. I'm told that a man in your church, which by the way, how would they know unless he was a member? He was considered one of them. There's a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmama. Okay, by the way, you ever think like, boy, the Bible's boring. You ought to get into the Bible. You, you gonna blush. Some of it's rated R. There's some, there's some crazy stuff. NC-17 stuff in the Bible. Someone's with a stepmama. Verse two. You're so proud of yourselves. But you should be mourning and sorrow and shame. You should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I'm not with you in person, I'm with you in the spirit. And as though I was, uh, were there, I would have already passed judgment on this man. Verse four, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must blow this man out. Hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Now look at verse 12. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church. Is he talking about a building? Mm, Talking about a faith family. Judge those inside the church who are sinning. Verse 13, God will judge those on the outside. But as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Now, in this text, Paul is is confronting a very specific sin in a specific church, the church in Corinth. And they have been approving a man who was living in blatant, unrepentant sin, sexual immorality with his stepmama, okay? Now, this church not only approved of it, they celebrated it because they were thinking like this is a gracious church. And so this is wonderful that we have this freedom. But Paul says, no, this is wickedness. And you shouldn't be boasting about it. You should be mourning because this is wrong. This is evil. This is sin. He says, you're prideful or or you're arrogant. And then he pulls no punches. And he says, you should remove this man from your fellowship. You must throw this man out. How many churches do you know do that today? Some of you, maybe you ended up here because of a, <laughs> just kidding. You're like, that's how I found every day. <laughs> My last one, I know what church that does it. <laughs> Joel, again, thank you that you're here. Now, m- most churches don't really do this because they don't really know who's with them, right? They're not even sure who their members are, who belongs to them. And, and maybe we can tackle church discipline another day. I mean, it's its own message or series. But my question out of this text is simple. How can you kick someone out if there isn't an in? Right? There's got to be an in to kick someone out. That means there is a form of You belong, you're a part, you're a member is the term we would use of this 
church. And if there is no local commitment to a covenant faith, then how do you remove someone of that community of faith? See, church discipline won't work if local church membership doesn't exist. Because you don't know who's with you, who's not. Who's a part of the faith family? Who's, who's a visitor? Who's an attender? Who's real? Who's, who's with it? Who's not? And so when you begin to look at these texts, and there's plenty of others, it becomes clear that God's plan for his church is that we would belong to a local covenant community of faith. That's his plan. That you would belong. You would place yourself under spiritual authority. That you would connect with brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, the brothers and sisters in Christ is important. And I want to highlight that because our Western brain is so focused on the individual. But as this, the way Christianity began on the Eastern side, it was a community-based. Christianity is never meant to be a solo act or lone ranger. It is meant to do in the context of family, with one another, with each other. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul taught us that we all have different roles. We all need each other. And he talks about this as a body. There's all different parts of the body. I heard Jonathan quoting it earlier. It says a joke. He was talking with someone. He was talking about, yeah, some are an eye, some are a hand, but someone's got to be the butt. Might as well be me. Y'all get it? Jonathan is kind of a butt. But. So when Paul talks, y'all, can y'all not laugh at the butt joke? I mean, that's kind of funny. It's like, Jonathan's a butt, like just in life. Get it? Okay. So, I love you. But they, they think we're like, I'm not really being harsh to him. Okay? Now it's harsh to Joel on purpose. But I love Jonathan. See, now we're getting to laugh. Okay, now we're there. And I love you too, Joel. So when Paul's talking about this, and he's using this illustration of different gifts and functions. Y'all got to wake up. I mean, come on. He says this in verse 25. First Corinthians 12, 25. I'll read it quick. He says, this makes for harmony among the members, the different gifts, functions, different parts, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Caring for each other and helping each other, that not gonna, that's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen intentionally by having a faith family, and that's what the church is. It's not a building. It's not an event. You didn't go to church today. You didn't go to the church today. You were with your church. You gathered with your church. You worshiped with your church. If this is your church, that's what you did. Not this building, not this event. That's not church. It, 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 it was not designed to be. It was not created to be. It's a wrong use of the word that we've allowed for many, many years in our country. But it's misleading because church isn't any of those things I just described except your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the local church. That's who we are. And so hopping around trying to find the perfect church family, that, that's not going to work. It doesn't exist. You're always gonna, there's always going to be some imperfection because you're here and I'm here. None of us are perfect. You're not going to find somewhere perfect. But you need to understand, God, is this the faith family you want me to be a part of? And so if the faith family is preaching heresy, no, get out. If it's a vision that they're following that is not from God, break free. But if you've... If God has placed you in a flock, in a family, stay with your family. Grow with your family. Help your family grow. Do your part. Don't be a butt in a chair. Be someone that is moving around, active and participating with the church to expand the kingdom and following the call that God has given us. 
And so your church life should never be an event or a building because you'll never grow into maturity that way. You'll never be all that you can be in Jesus by just saying you went to the church or an event. That's not what's going to happen. Now, growth can be dangerous and it can hurt because you might participate with a faith family and you might start to have your heart exposed and there might be a revelation of a lack of generosity. There might be a revelation of apathy. There might be a revelation of a lack of prayer of prayerfulness. And those things might be exposed in your life, but if you say, ooh, I'll just hop on to the next church, then you're gonna miss all that God wants to do and grow in you. There can be some harshness and, and some burning away of the dross, the impurities, but that's what a church helps us do because it sh- this should be a safe place where we can confess and we can repent because none of us have all our stuff in order. We're all growing And so if we're honest and real with each other, we can all help each other on that journey. And yeah, it might hurt to have some of it exposed. Dude, yeah, I'm not praying like I should. Man, I'm not giving like I should. Man, I haven't shared, I've I've cowered away from conversations about Jesus instead of embrace those conversations. It should sting. But if you don't want the sting, and so you go somewhere else because you don't want the sting, you're missing out. You'll never be all that you can be in Jesus. Never. Because you're just going to hop around to the next event that has maybe cooler music and a better looking pastor. Can't find that. But you might try. And so when you place yourself within a faith family and you never join, you're going to be tempted to leave. Just because your, your toes got stepped on. Just because yesterday, I, what did I say, babe? I said something about someone stupid. I forget what I said. I said something harsh, like get your butt here, or get your tail here, I think is what I said last week, to the online people. Get your tail here, okay? You're, hopefully, I just stepped on your toes. Well, if, you, if you're not gonna call this your faith family, then go online somewhere else. All right, I'm a, I better settle down. I better settle down. I, I'm tired of it. You're in or not, let's go. In the bottom line, what we see is local church membership is a question of biblical obedience, not personal preference. Are you going to obey or not? Are you going to get in or not? Are you going to try your personal preference? That's not the right way. That's not being obedient to the scriptures. It's not being obedient to God. The expectation is every believer in Christ would be a member of a church. Now, let me say this. With us, there's some requirements. There's some expectations. There's not a formula in scripture, like I said, but as we've prayed and as we've examined the scriptures this is the standard that we set all the way back guess what you know what the 12th is january 12th 2021 you know what it is happy birthday whose birthday jay every day's birthday ec's birthday you know how old we're turning jason (laughs) matt seven seven years old and we've had ups and downs y'all it's been a roller coaster. But listen, we got to start climbing, and I believe we are. But some of this is going to say who's in and who's not, because it's time to grow again. It's time to go. And so, what we say for our faith family listen, if you want to be a part of us, the first thing you got to do is do this dinner with the pastor. Now, that doesn't mean we just go eat. We, there's this event that we have where we sit down and we explain the vision and the heartbeat of everyday church. And the whole thing is to let you know on the front end, this is what we're about. And if you're about it, come on in. If you're not about it, then don't be about it. 
But that's the first step. Now, many of you in this room have done that before, and you've participated in that, and that's why you're here, because you're like, I've done that, and I, I, I heard the vision of Everyday Church. I tell you our story, how we got started, what we're about, direction we're headed, and I give you the opportunity to say, you know, I'm going to pray about this, or I have prayed, and I'm ready, or you know what? I'm not about it. That's great, because you know what? Every frustration is when an expectation isn't met, and so we throw that out there. Here's our expectations. This is who we are. This is what we're about. If you're about it, then it's clear. Come join us. If not, if you're not about it, that's okay. No hard feelings. You do you. Next thing. Is, it really is you got to be saved, okay? In this thing, I give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. But you got to give your life to Christ to be a member of Everyday Church, okay? If you're not about Jesus, <laughs> well, I mean, this is, we're about Jesus. <laughs> so that's kind of a big deal. And, and so if you would say, yeah, I do believe, and I have given my life to Jesus, well, that's the basis because a church is a group of people that have put their faith and trust in Jesus. And so that's a requirement. You got to be a believer. Next thing is you got to get baptized because the first step of obedience of a follower of Christ is to be baptized. You got to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to be baptized. Now, if your baptism happened before you gave your life to Jesus, it was a bath. Maybe a shower, depending on your background. With low water pressure. But if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, we're going to help you follow that step. And we'll explain everything about what baptism means. And it's really the, the Greek word means submerged. You are to be buried with Christ in baptism. Come back to life. It's a long thing. I will tell you and explain to you what it means. You need to be baptized. And we'll do it in this pool over here. And it'll be awesome. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. It, the water might get a little warmer. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too many jokes today. All right, so now here's the next thing. <laughs> they got good chlorine. Join an e-group. Now, this is where the stickiest point for some people. Okay, we believe that discipleship happens better in circles than rows. Right now, you're growing a little bit. But what will expedite your growth, fuel your growth, is when you get with a smaller group of people that are serving together, doing life together with, in the word together, and that will, that will expedite your growth tremendously. And so as a pastor, again, this isn't church. This is one aspect of our church. We gather on Sunday mornings because we find great value of getting everyone together. But we also find great value in getting into these smaller groups where we huddle and we run plays. We serve together but we also get in the Word together. We pray together and we share things that you don't get an opportunity to share here and you get to pray for each other and care for each other. Our care for one another should come out of these groups where so-and-so is sick and so we love on them. We pray for them. We, we help feed them. We take care of them. Okay? And that should come out of this. There's a whole thing I don't have time to go into, shaped, that is, is really funneled through being in an e-group. And so we find this extremely important. Because, again, who gives account to God? Me. And if all you're doing is coming here and not growing, except in this, you're getting regurgitation. Daddy Bird went and ate, and now I'm spitting it back out for you. But we're going to teach you in these groups how to eat for yourselves. Is that a clear enough picture to what's going on? Okay. And so this is, we find this extremely important. We think you should volunteer. I mean, if this is your church, 
you should serve one another. There's giftings inside you that we want to help you find, explore, and use for the glory of God by serving your brothers and sisters in Christ. That could be part of Set Up Teardown. It could be on the technical side. It could be through musical worship. It could be through e-kids. It could be through the older kids. It could be through student ministry. It could be through a hello team. It could be some sort of gift that you have that we need to kind of figure out what it is and help you use that gift for God's glory. And so you need to serve. It could be e-groups. Okay, there's different ways to, to do that, but God has given you a gift and possibly gifts, and we want to figure out how to best utilize those, not for selfish reasons, for you to experience God's anointing upon you and, and using your gifts. There's, there's not a whole lot better than when you do that. Now here, as a church, we give. I mean, it, it, it is us pulling our resources together to fund ministry that happens here, but also locally in our state, nationally, internationally. There's all kinds of things that we do with these resources. And it takes resources to do all those things. So as a faith family, what really says, hey, I got skin in the game is I give. And you're not giving necessarily to the entity of everyday church or the organization of everyday church or to the church. You're giving to the Lord by funding the ministry that we pull our resources together to do as a church. It's a gift to the Lord. It's an act of worship. And we believe the, the bottom line is it, the floor of Scripture is 10%. But Jesus went always above and beyond. So we really think you, every year we hope that you would be able to increase your floor. 11%, 12%. It's not a, an amount because everybody's amount is going to be different. Matt's amount is going to be different from Bill's amount. My amount is going to be different. Jessica, whatever the case may be. You get it. It's a percent. So we're trying to hit that and keep growing in our generosity. But it takes the church together to do that. And then, I'll say this, today, in your seat, if you're a member of Everyday Church, every year, we want to put this before you again and say, hey, has God put it on your heart to stay with us? And if so, then you check those things and you say, I'm in. Again, but that's for only those that who have done this thing, and you've, for a year you've done these things. You're like, okay, I'm ready to, to 2021. God's got me here. Now, if you've never done this, we want to do this. And we're just waiting for the people to say, I'm ready to do it. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But here's where I'll land right now. Membership is important. You see it all throughout Scripture. As a church, we feel like these are our standards that say, hey, I'm in. But since this isn't the church, people are welcome. We want this to be a place where you, it's not members only. It's for anyone to come. And so if you're, you're not a member and you're here, we're glad you're here. We're here to worship the Lord as a faith family. And if you're interested or curious or, or just kind of checking things out, that's great. And that's why there's no bouncer at the door. Jason tries to be a bouncer out there, but he, he's a bad one. He lets everyone in. But that's a good one because that's what we want. Because everyone is welcome. Because guess what? This isn't the church. This is a thing we do. And everyone's invited. But... Those that are with us, we know because of these things. You're with us. And that's why we know you're, you're doing these other things that we're doing as a church. And of course, like this e-group, we have a meeting tonight where we're going to start trying to figure out how do we do this now back with this pandemic? You know, how it changed everything. And so there's, this is our bones and then how the structure changes, we, we kind of figure out along the way due to what's going on in our world. All right? But man, we welcome you. If you're not, we, we invite you to start here and join us. If you are a member, we can say, hey, 2021, let's go. Let's get back in full force 
and ready to advance the kingdom of God. We, we exist, why? To reach the city, to reach the world one day at a time. That's who we are. And so we need all our members on board saying, let's go reach people. Let's go do it. So, Father, I thank you for our church, and I thank you for our people, and I thank you for our guests and attenders and all those that are, are just checking things out. We're grateful for that, too. But, Lord, I, I praise you as we've gone through the Scripture to see how important it is to have a local church. And I'm thankful that you set it up that way. We're not meant to do this thing alone. We're not meant to do this by ourselves. Man, how hard it is without brothers and sisters in Christ. And we try to find that, I think, in, in fake ways, but there's nothing like the local church when we're really uh, on the same page with what you want us to do. And so God, help us to be on that same page. Help us to encourage one another and spur one another on to good works and good deeds, as the scripture tells us, to, ne- to not neglect the, the habit of meeting together. May we, as a church, um, love one another, and not only keep it inward in that way, may we be a church that's focused on reaching people, changing uh, our city. Uh, I pray that if, if uh, we ever stop, the, our community would notice. Like, whoa, something is missing here. These people were making a huge difference. And so I pray we'd make a huge difference in our community. We would bless our city. We would love our neighbor. And uh, we'd be faithful in, in every way, locally and nationally. And then Thank you for our international focus in Kenya and the difference we're making there and also in different places. But God, just for seven years, it's been an incredible ride and we thank you for every step of the way. And I just pray for a 2021 that would give you great glory, um, that we would be completely in your will. We would never... uh, leak out from under your protection or your, uh, your plan, that we would always put you first, always seek you, and that uh, we wouldn't even seek the, the reward of seeking you. We would seek you, and you would take this church and do what you want with this church. We submit to you as our ultimate spiritual authority, and in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless.